Hello and welcome to Board Culture. I'm your host, Woke Chill. We are back this week with the thrilling conclusion of our Artisan History series with part three. Uh, I am joined again by Richard and Michael, also known as Armandus and Joey Quinn. What's up, guys? Hey. Hey. Hey, hey. So, uh, the thrilling conclusion. I am very excited. Yeah, first of all, I guess, uh, I think the last time we we spoke, we, we recorded podcasts was in last year, so Happy New Year. <laughs> Um, so we're in the second half of the Silver Age, I guess, with uh, Key Collective, and um, I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. So along with, um, you know, when I when I what first got me into this hobby in, in terms of attracting me to artisans were three uh, three sculpts, Brobots, uh, Fugu, and Cosmos. And so Cosmos was one of the first caps I saw that just completely blew my mind. Um, it it really got me thinking how he made it, um, right, with the the whole encapsulated aspect and uh, later on, I would learn that it was a it was a collaboration with uh, Booper who did the uh, the sculpt. But yeah, it was uh, you know this is a this is an awesome maker. I think one of the first aftermarket caps I I ever got was a Kiwala, which I I still love that sculpt. Um, but you know later on, I also saw a cross section of a Cosmo that um, that uh, I think Kudos posted, where you know it was cut down the middle and you could see. Um, how the you know how the cap was made and you know the skull was encapsulated. I thought that was really really cool. I remember that was one of the first artisans I ever saw. Um, you know, back before there was you know an R slash artisan macro or anything like that, and uh, it it completely <laughs> blew me away. It's such a um, Key Collective has a very distinctive art style. What with the sort of cartoon skulls uh, and sort of this kind of like. Uh, a playful, very approachable, uh, but cute style um, that both the fruits and I, and the Kiwala and the Cosmos, I think, kind of all sort of have uh, sort of similarities between. So one thing I want to note with, with Key Collective is it's about that got their startup on Reddit. They did not start on Geekhack and then move, like expand out to the community. They started on Reddit and then moved outward from there which is kind of interesting. It marks sort of Reddit, that aspect of the community goes. And this would have been in mid to early 2014. Um, and then their sales started happening more in like 2015, if I recall correctly. Interesting. So how at that time, since I wasn't here and I don't think Woke was either, um, what was the, what was the, uh, was there kind of a, a dynamic where some of the older school members didn't really latch on to key collective at first given that it wasn't on geek hack or you should say that i was a very late adopter uh late adopter of of key collective i don't think uh i don't think i got any until like early 16 when i when i was like oh hey kiwala's like or killwala's um like these are pretty cool yeah. they don't like i had never seen something encapsulated <laughs> yet so i was like oh wow like let's let's see what this is about um, but as far as resistance to it, I just think it was like, at least me in particular, like I didn't heavily interact on Reddit. So they just less resistance weren't on my radar. Right. L less resistance and more just awareness, right? Lack of awareness for the yeah. guys who were just always on Geek Hack. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so, um, was, you mentioned NCAP. So were, were these... Were these the first end cap artisans? I, I, I know kill the the one of the 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 Killwalla. I had certainly not seen anything where it was kind of like a 
a trans and capped thing where you'd only see it, you know, uh, when you when it was in, in glow in the dark oh. mode. Yeah, like I'm trying to remember. So apart, I, I guess depends when the flux uh, capacitor came out, which is the clack one. But um, in terms of just you know uh, resin and capped stuff, I think I think uh, Kilwalla may have been the first. It was certainly the first I had seen, or the only one I've seen so far, where you you know it it doesn't look like there's anything uncapped until you it see was the certainly effect. the most available encapsulate like the first most available yeah. encapsulation as far as being accessible should flux have come out first because you know there were only five flux that went out for, yeah. uh, as part of that sale and they only went to the highest post members of geekhack who replied in the thread to buy it right Yep, yep. So yeah, so it was. Um, those were awesome. Uh, Love those guys, and that was there's quite a significant number of colorways in that in that particular sculpt. And then my first, one of my very first um, raffles when I first joined was the Furt V2, um, and I still remember I I was I was so uh, thrilled. I won the uh, Exo and Exosphere uh, Furts, which were awesome, and. Um, that video of the flubbered <laughs> where you know it was the rub, rubber yeah. skin over a, a resin was so awesome. That was definitely a, that was definitely I, a first. Oh, can uh, can you unpack sure. that? What, what what rubber skin? I s- it, it, you could you could technically I take remember the skin when off and speed bump some did. folks he posted the pictures. <laughs> yeah, and uh, oh, but right. it was yeah that was such an awesome uh, such an awesome cap. So this is like a, a rubber outside to uh to a resin inside for the flubber. Yeah, I mean it was it was still made using resin. It just uh once mm-hmm. the resin finally cured, instead of being solid like we're used to, it was soft and rubbery. Oh wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, it was a fun experiment yeah. for sure. The caps have aged a little roughly, but they also been pretty yeah some of them have changed the little colors color a little bit but it it makes them look even more kind of organic and and you know different (laughs) it's it's really really cool cool stuff and then while we're talking about key collective sales we kind of have to mention snack keys both v1 and v2 because those were some incredibly influential sales as far as bringing a lot of people into the artisan community because you know, unlike most pre, I mean, artisans had made blanks before, but they had been single color or double color or layered. Um, and Key Collective took that idea and they made some much more complicated looking blanks that were very easy for somebody who say would normally be into artisans to hop in and be like, oh, it's it's just a blank. Like it'll add a little flair, but it's not this crazy animal on my keyboard. It's not, you know. It, it it was a very uh, neutral style as far as um, artisans go. And that's why I think at least it brought a lot of people in. Plus, the price was very agreeable. They were $20 <laughs> for singles. And then if you were able to get full baskets, the price dropped even further down to 12 bucks or twelve fifty per cap, which was quite nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Snackies were, I think, a really great series because um, it's a very clean style. It, it Not only that, one thing that people might not like about mounting artisans on their boards is that it breaks up the profile, whereas uh, the Snackies were designed, I think, to match Topre, to match Topre Topro. 
or be very similar to like a, a cylindrical top row like like GMK. They were cherry and, profile uh, and cherry whatever profile, you nice. want to call Topra OEM profile. It's not Step Sculpture Two. That's the Leopold one. It's I don't know what it's actually called specifically, but <laughs> yeah, Topra uh, OEM Topra. But 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 yeah, it's it's uh they didn't break up the outline of your keyboard and they just looked very clean. I mean, plenty of people have made Snacky's rows across the top of their HHKB oh, so classic pretty. look. Yeah, they really are. And uh, I don't know if this story is apocryphal uh, or if it came from Kudos uh, himself. So Kudos and Quality being uh, the two halves of Key Collective. Um, my understanding is that um, it, Key Collective first began with uh, Kudos making uh, modifier keys for HHKBs uh, for, for Koala. And it sort of all spun out of that. And I just think uh, it's really great to see... Um, you know, Key Collective was like uh, the first project that Kudos embarked in, but but sort of later on, you know, far after the Silver Age, uh, he found new life as as Gaff. So it's really nice to see to look back on his uh, you know his first project or or first maker's mark, and uh, and think of how much he's he's grown since then as back well. When, yeah, that like back then though the caps were. Starting out, I, I really respect what, what he was going for. And, like, there were actually a couple things early on that he made and then absolutely never released because even even early on when he didn't have the casting or sculpting ability he has now, he still sort of had the awareness to go, like, this is not the kind of keycap I want to be putting out into the world compared to the other people who were already more established casters like uh, like Bro mm. and, and Binge and, and Clack. Um so yeah, I, I always thought that was kind of cool about him too. There are also the caps that I really want, but of course they've all been destroyed most likely. So that's kind of sad. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully, uh, if if apocryphal Instagram posts are to be believed, perhaps there will be a return of Key Collective sometime this year. So it could fingers it could crossed. Definitely happen. <laughs> so on to our to our next maker. What else we got? Uber. Uber. Omniclectic. You want to start kick this one off, Mike? Yeah. So I, I, I really, really enjoy Hooper's work. Um, I remember actually her starting out because a lot of what she did back then was gravity casting, mm -hmm. and so when she was starting up, some of the people I talked to the most were uh, were Hoff, um, so Hoffmanmeister, um, and uh, and Dustin, so Dustin HXC, um, and they both ended up with with some of these early gravity cast boot caps um and so they had they had sent me pictures of them we, we had talked about them a lot and i remember back in 2014 just out of the blue sending her a pm like hey by the way like see your your new artisan starting up like and i've been seeing your gravity cast stuff it actually looks pretty damn clean compared to you know plenty of other gravity casts that we had seen in the past um and from there like started talking to her more started getting a sense of her like what she wanted to pull off with artisans more um and then once she got her pressure set up um when she really started making uh like multi-shot kernels more we started seeing multi-shot cosmos then you flow into the um collab with key collective for cosmo spelled with a k this time instead of a c um it just she really started exploding around 2015. Yeah, and when when I started in 2016, 
these were the first, you know, the, the boop caps, the Keywalk in particular, um, were the first caps that I saw that were in like full hype, super expensive, right? Ultra expensive at the time because um, they were sought after heavily by a lot of the uh, wealthy Chinese collectors um, that were paying ridiculous sums. So these were like, you know, five, $600 plus caps. And, you know, when you're just starting out, you're just in awe that, you know, somebody would uh, spend that kind of money on a single cap and uh, there really weren't a, a, that many um, so it was it was you know and they were very notoriously difficult raffles to win I still are I think to a great degree just because there's not that many number one not that many raffles per year and then not that many caps per per sale um, but yeah it, 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 it was uh, fantastic to, to come in and just see that see that uh, dynamic really interesting you know the the key walk is you know uh it's you know it's a should i say it's a character from a beloved space opera series just to not get her in trouble i, but, I think that's, that's um, a it's a fair statement <laughs> probably not even the most but, popular character <laughs> <laughs> and but but uh that was one of the first caps that that i really ever saw was was the key walk and um from there i think i think her her style with with like you said, the the cosmos and beyond, it is very cute. Um, there's also uh, a couple of her other sculpts. Um, oh, I actually can't remember the shark sculpt. Bruce, Can you help me out I named that, that sculpt. It's an awesome sculpt. Bru oh, you I did, did actually nice. name that sculpt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bruce. There's there's so many really clean like gem tone um, series that she or colorways that she worked on that are still really sought after. I think the look of her caps is very clean and very timeless and i think they're always going to be really sought after partially because she doesn't make huge um batches like you were saying richard and and again also because there's just it's it's so it's they're awesome yeah it's it's a, a very cartoonish uh you know aesthetic which i really liked which was very different than you know um some of the the more severe uh subject matter <laughs> uh, of the artisans that were around right um uh and and so the colonel and the keywalk and yeah the bruce are really really uh really liked that and the monkey of course um and yeah i you know been a big fan uh of booper and uh um i think these are also if i'm not mistaken some of the longest running active sculpts for a maker right because if you look at the other um, artisans around that started around this time, many of the many of the sculpts they've created back, the, you know, at the time we're talking about, they've all been retired since. Um, but Booper's, uh, you know, caps or uh, sculpts are still going. I don't know, but Mike, yeah, I would I would say that's correct because you have Robot V twos. Uh, you can group in the the two point fives because they're essentially the same. Um, you've got Clack skulls which have been running since forever um but yeah other than i mean you could i guess you could try to count um like mummy three maybe um but whether or not those are still being produced you could kind They're of still debate. Being produced yeah, i haven't exactly. seen anything new cast in a long time um but yeah so her her some of her earlier sculpts like that would still be running and one thing that kind of ties into that though is so Booper is a is a graphic designer um by career. Um so when she started making caps like as far as 
the colors go and the sculpts go, she was making caps that she had wanted to see that like that cute aesthetic that hadn't like key collective had touched on it, but maybe missed the mark a little bit for what, um, Booper was looking for. Um, and so that's why you'll see like I, a vast majority of boop caps being uh purple and teal and all of those colors, kind of like the deep space colors. Like mm-hmm. you could almost argue that like more deep space booper artisans coming out. It's like, well, I mean, kind of half the caps she's already made are sort of deep spacey. Um, Actually, now that, just you, now that you mentioned that, sorry, Mike, now that you mentioned it, um, worth also pointing out that she, you know, helped design that key set, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that was a key set colorway designed by her, which again ties into these are just, these are the colors she likes. Yeah. That's why, that's why you see a lot of it, because she was making for herself and then found out that the community wanted these caps and is just thrilled that people love her artwork because it's just for her a creative expression. Mm-hmm. I think she does have play around with with similar colors in her palette, but but yeah, I think DSA uh, Deep Space that was one of my favorite sets, just yeah. like by colorway um, when I was first joining the community. Also, uh, you know, funnily enough, this week it seems like there there's an announcement that uh, there's going to be GMK um, Deep Space sometime soon. Yeah. So maybe we'll see the return of some Deep Space colored caps by Boop. We'll see. Yeah, that would be really fun. I always love seeing Very more exciting. Boop caps get made. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> more, uh, more good art in the world. Absolutely. Um, um, the Cosmo, of course, the you know this with a C spelled with a C, that led to the collaboration ultimately with with uh, with Kudos. That was also her. And you know, so you, you one of the characteristics of these sculpts is they are you know like the Boop and the Cosmo fairly tall sculpts. Um, I think I think the Cosmo was one of her first where she sculpted it on top of a blank. Is that right, Mike? Uh, Cosmo, yes, is it was it should have been sculpted on top of a blank. A yeah. blank, yeah. And there, there has been since then a V two, which hasn't. Um, we haven't had a sale for it yet, but it's much lower profile. But yeah, it's it, it you know, really cool. Uh, really cool. Again, that kind of you know, rounded, um, uh, kind of uh, cartoonish characteristic that's that's common across her sculpts is really really neat. Oh, and that also kind of ties into, again, like her making caps that she wanted to see. Like, it's kind of a pretty classic early artisan thing to have your cap be, like, wildly tall or unnecessarily mm-hmm. large, which definitely was the case with Cosmos and, and Bruce, and Bruce um, in particular. Yeah. And also kind of Kernels. They're a little they're a little thick. Sometimes they don't play nicely next yeah. to each other. Yeah. Still love well, them to death, though. Yeah, but, walk, uh, walk years, I think, touch each other if you put them side by side. Yeah, but that's just again. She was making like she was making caps yeah, that she caps wanted. That she People wanted. love Absolutely. the aesthetic. That's just oh. that's just part of owning them. Like that's you, right. that's how it goes. <laughs> I wish I I wish I had enough key walks to know that <laughs> that they touch each other. I joke that that's a first world problem. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can only <laughs> I've only ever pulled off stacking four kernels next to each other and had to maybe <laughs> rotate through eighteen or twenty before I actually found four that you could do that with. <laughs> oh, man. I still joke oh, that eventually I'll design a board that has like an extra half millimeter between each key switch, so I can do a full kernel, like sixty percent <laughs> a kernel top. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> nice. The the other thing is, you know, Mike mentioned earlier on gravity casting. It gave you know she still has. I'm sure she uses. I think she, I know she uses pressure pot now, um, uh, but. A lot of her, 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 all her casts look 
uh, again, sort of organic to me still. I have this organic look. I don't, I'm not sure what it is. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 it's not to say that it's not high quality. It's very high quality, but um, it, there, there's a kind of, a, a, I don't know, like a casual feel to it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to express so it. I, I think, yeah. I think the way I could describe that is, so if, if you want to design a keycap sculpt to be multi-shot cast, there are certain things you build into it as far as ridges and stuff that form like as, as dividers for extra shots. And none of Booper's sculpts really have anything like that. And so, like, there, there's general, like, geometry or general design features that kind of help guide resin into shot areas. But, like, overflow can happen or there can just, there can just be some variance. And it doesn't mean, like, it's bad variance. It's just there's, going off the organic nature comment, there's just, there is naturally going to be some variance because there aren't these hard shot dividing lines to kind of force all the caps to look the same gotcha it's sort of a, a an open canvas and she's she's painting the resin in yeah, for the shots she designed them as an artist without really knowing much about resin casting and then never decided to change that later on so it just it's kept up with with that i guess aesthetic um, and no complaints from me about that i love the variants in kernels and stuff like that i love the extra weird looking ones <laughs> and we all sign that thing at the end of every raffle that says there will be small variations i don't think that's a bug in the system i think that's a feature of artisans that they're all slightly different gotta love when they feel a little handmade yeah yeah absolutely um so yeah and and uh she you know she's got like i would say her next generation of uh casting now she's got you know um walks and stuff with paranoid eyes and her next uh, cosmo iteration some really really neat stuff hopefully we'll We'll see a sale of that stuff, maybe, maybe with the release of uh, uh, GMK Deep Space. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. So, uh, on to our next maker, uh, Fendant of Polymer Saloon. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting maker. I I didn't have a ton of his caps until recently. Had the pleasure of meeting him at uh, the Seattle meetup last year. Great guy. Um, Managed to eventually get uh, much later on a proto uh, proto Mare, um, uh, frozen proto I think it's called. Um, the initial ones were really cool. They looked like um, uh, you know uh, a submerged skull, right? That was sort of like you know you could vaguely f make out the uh, the form and shape and things like that. And now his later ones are um, much more clear. Uh, it made a much more clear resin, encapsulated. But it's a very very uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, cap um, uh, for people who, especially for people who like, you know, uh, artisans that have a uh, have a, a profile that sticks close to the keycap. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. I mean, the Murray has had a tremendous amount of longevity as a, as a sculpt. Um, also, as you know, obviously not the first in cap because we were just talking about that, but um, as like one of the probably most produced in caps mm -hmm. uh maybe of out all time in in artisans is some artisans have super long names kind of like colonel actually but whatever um murray's it's murray the vaguely non-threatening disembodied skull and i've always appreciated <laughs> that that is technically speaking the full name of murray 
wow yeah um i mean it it's it's perfect yeah it's never um, advertised but that is the full name of murray good to know i i actually won my first murray so i will i'll have to remember that when i when i when i enter her when i enter it into my artisan spreadsheet i'll have to write the whole thing um but yeah i i murrays are great i mean i really love the um especially the murrays that have either a uh discolored eye or a, a contrast colored eye or there are a couple murrays that have things encapsulated either in the eye socket or through the eye socket um it's a very um adaptable sculpt i think as a sculpt or as a cap that could have turned into just kind of a boring thing um fendant has has done a pretty good job of being able to play with the possibilities of it and still keep them all looking quite clean and and nice for the most part and i i also love the where that project started out back in what what year would that have even been 2014 still probably or no 2015 yeah 2015 would be when fendant was starting out february 2015 um to be exact uh wow we're coming up to the present day i mean these are all of these artisan makers that we're talking about now are either still active in in some form or, or some part of that collaboration are still active um so it's yeah wow it's it's hard it's wild to think um that all of these makers have come so far so so quickly yeah, definitely. Especially as far as Fendant goes, like learning about proper encapsulation. Like some some of the early Murrays show some signs of him not knowing as much about encapsulation, but now um the, the later produced caps are possibly some of the better produced encapsulations that have that have happened or that have been made so far. Yeah, I think we we're desensitized now, right, as as collectors to uh, all these great, great artisans that are out there. This is, it's, it's, it's not a, you know, doing an encapsulated two piece blank, no less is not a trivial thing. <laughs> no, it's, it very much. Cause if you, if you get the timing wrong and the encapsulation, the resin might not bond together, you can have clouding issues. Like there are all sorts of problems that can pop up with encapsulation that did early on that, um, I guess some people today maybe forget that that was just, kind of the reality of keycaps early on is they weren't naturally of any sort of decent quality because people just didn't know how to make stuff yet those tools and and those techniques there wasn't a probably a community you had to figure everything out more or less on your own when it comes to the fine details with the exception of the casting guides we've talked about in previous episodes uh and then we have retro caps um who uh again i had the pleasure of, of uh meeting her at the DC meetup last year. And uh, she's uh, started some collaborations with Tiny. Uh, but earlier on, um, sounds like, Mike, there was collaboration with her and, and Lutkeys? Not necessarily collaboration, just more like learning how to cast um, gotcha. through each other's experiences. Um, but as far as early retro caps go, uh, she, like today, people would know her for the chemo. Um, but she did uh, Frank, which ended up turning into a collab with Key Collective and becoming Frankenfurt, which was um, Frank uh, made a little bit bigger. Um, and then a skull was encapsulated in him to do like a, it was kind of along the, the back then Key Collective was sort of known for encapsulation. So it was, it was in line with that. But then you also have sculpts like um, Sharpay Beret, which was a, a Sharpay dog wearing a beret. Um, and then 
uh like moving later on you have um like ruby the elephant um and pugsley and just i don't know she always had a very fun cute style that i appreciated with everyone every one of her sculpts typically has like a little bit of flair like sharpay has the gray ruby has a little um like bow pugsley has a has a flower like they all had something kind of kind of fun like that and then you have a Yeti, too, wearing a scarf around his neck because he's a little chilly. Um, I have a uh, Frank. I have the Frank. And so she did a collaboration with Kudos, yeah. which was also, I guess, like an encapsulation in in the Frank, right? Frank and Furt. Yes. I have I have that full series. I actually really love it because I have, I have a, a single shot Frank and Furt that's just the modified sculpt before they put a skull in it. And I think it's really interesting to be able to compare all three of them because the cat does get noticeably larger because... Originally, Frank was sculpted on a DSA cap, so it's very low profile. Um, but that doesn't really work with encapsulation as well, because you just typically don't have the room to stuff something inside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you have to actually move down the inside of the cap, which then you risk hitting on the top of the switch yep. um, or moving upwards. And it seems like everyone moves a little little upwards or just uh does encapsulations in essay both both will work so next next uh, maker jelly key this is a uh this is a a maker out of vietnam a group of folks i should say it's almost like a company or a collective as opposed to a maker um and and they um they i think they're worth mentioning it's a little polarizing you know some of the um folks who are the true connoisseurs like like Mike, uh, you know, may not be fans of these guys, but they, they certainly, um, I, I think they, they brought, they brought, they brought, bring a lot of people into artisans, right? It was one of the first ones I owned. Um, I agree with you there. Definitely. Yeah. And, and in fact, one of the first jelly keys I owned is actually a, one of their sculpts called a little monster, which is rare. They don't do a whole lot of sculpts. Um, they're known for making uh, these, um, uh, blanks that uh, initially, especially, didn't fit any profile. Uh, but, cube jelly key cube sort of jelly profile. Cube, yeah. yeah, cube profile. But they're they're um, they're very shiny, you know, rounded uh, r- rounded uh, edges. Um, they they would have these cool encapsulations. They made things like flags of a few countries um, and other kind of very intricate, uh, detailed blanks. And um, even to this day, you know. I post a lot of caps on my Instagram and um, I, I have, you know, all, all my, you know, all my hobbyist friends, you know, uh, like things, but I'll occasionally post a jelly key. And those are the few times when my family actually comment on the post um, because they, they just have this like, they're very, uh, you know, they're very agreeable. Agree. And, and yeah, very, you know, they're friendly. Like, you know, it's, it's like, a, you know, how do you put it? Like, a, like, a, you know, in the painting world, it would be the, uh, you know, the Ross or Kincaid painting, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very, it's, it's very, uh, it's uh, welcoming, open. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's welcoming. It's, it's, um, it's easy to appreciate. It's not very abstract. It's like very, Correct. it's obviously like a Canadian flag or a US flag or a thumbs up <laughs> or a, um, or something like that. I think later on they got more into, uh, more complicated casting techniques. Yeah. Um, doing stuff with, uh, putting, uh, like their artifact series is a good example of that mm-hmm. putting pieces like uh, laser cut pieces of wood on wood, stacks yep, yep and and then also doing some kind of like more galaxy looking stuff so they then branch out into into other stuff but i i also remember them from those those really early caps that were 
you know, mainly, uh, you know, like the Japanese flag or like uh, kind of like looking like a candy, sort of like a cross ribbon candy or something like that. Yes, They're, yes. And then, and then very recently, you know, I think they've uh, they've started adding more like of this uh, like very cute style that I think has uh, become uh, characteristic of a lot of uh, Southeast Asian mm-hmm. uh, makers. Mm-hmm. But they were the first, uh, at least that I really knew of, that were like a big name uh producer from basically outside the west at yes all. they're I, I, they're arguably the most successful commercially successful um artisan maker in asia if not uh you know uh from a mass market perspective uh, international internationally um very very popular amongst the masses their group buys are heavily subscribed to um, they, they seem to have come down a little bit less, but they still have a very, you know, a big following. And like I said, they attract new folks into the hobby. Um, they make a lot of different things. They used to make, uh, some wrist dress, uh, even a case, um, their, their caps, if you buy them a high production, uh, packaging quality, they come in this, uh, hand carved wooden box with their logo, the hand logo stamped into the top with like a, a metallic dog tag with the serial number. Um, so very high quality production, you know, and they, they, you know, they had some issues with stems earlier on, I think, you know, um, perhaps something to do with the resin, but they fixed that since then. And that decent... also had to do with the, the stem design they were using. Stem I'll design. Yeah. Throw yeah. that out there. They, yep. they were, I'll describe it as they were making keycaps without necessarily understanding how and why keycaps worked. So, uh, yeah. The stem. Yeah. The focusing on the stem part. Yeah. I think they, I think, you know, now, now they're um the quality is better um um uh, and you know um they're they're doing more and more intricate stuff they again not doesn't appeal to to the the connoisseurs who are looking for that truly you know um hand sculpted uh, resin cast stuff but um definitely have have some wide appeal for the uh, for the masses they have a discord if you want to go join that join up and speak with them um but yeah um Worth mentioning, um, uh, two-time winner uh, of the of the Wingnut, uh, the DT Artisan on, of the Year Award, on, on the Artisan <laughs> of the Year Award on DT, which you know again is a very kind of you know it, you take it with a grain of salt. It's a popular vote, not 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 a critic's vote. Um, and 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 in their defense, you know they they I think uh, the the president of Jellyk even turned down that award, so they're they're you know humble ni- nice guys uh just you know do, doing doing what they enjoy and uh and uh you know some people like it so uh yeah so moving on to uh what do we have after Jackie oh we had uh, binge who we talked about earlier uh did a rebrand to Hungerwork Studio I know Mike you might want to cover you you probably know this a little bit more than I do yeah so the Hungerwork Studio rebrand took place in October of 2015 and other than the KBK rebrand which kind of flew like kbk transition into kwk um that kind of flew under the radar a little bit more like this was this was a much more notable change um it also coincided with um the 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 synth being released so this is one of the bigger artisan changes too of pre-synth artisans and post-synth artisans and the accessibility of making artisans that kind of came along with the synth platform the the synth is a sculpting base that can also um be used to to help it can be adapted into a mold system so essentially mm-hmm. it's it's an aluminum base um that you can sculpt on top of 
and then it comes with a stem piece. So essentially what it does is it removes the need for you to sculpt on top of a keycap or try to estimate how much space underneath an artisan you need to make sure a switch will clear it and you won't have binding issues. Um, in addition with the with the stem piece, um, it makes sure that your artisans will generally speaking fit pretty well. Um, today, that's a little bit harder to gauge because of all of the Cherry MX clones out there and the fact that none of them use the same numbers or tolerances for stems, which is kind mm -hmm. of greatly annoys me. Like, why the hell wouldn't you at least try to standardize it? But whatever, that's a different conversation. Um, so with the with the synth release though, um, came a, a cap I think we're all very familiar with, which is Hunger. Um, and Hunger was released in early 2016, or I guess it, late 2015, possibly. Um, mm -hmm. And it's part of the point of that keycap was to show, like, this is what What's the synth possible. makes possible. Because you can sculpt a layer, and then make a mold of it, and then sculpt another layer, make a mold of it, sculpt another layer, make a mold of it. And because the synth is a mold-making platform, your molds will continue to align so you can do these crazier encapsulation multi-shot or mm -hmm. multi-mold keycaps then it, it made stuff like that easier it could have still been done in the past but it just made that easier um not to say that hungers were an easy cap to make by any means i still think they took it, it, even in the end because they were based on the the synth v1 they still take like 60 hours or something ridiculous like that just to make a single hunger yeah, they're still some of the most sought-after keys, and uh, personally on my grill list uh, forever. But it, it's such an impressive sculpt, and and um, it really goes to show, yeah, really how far artisans have come from sort of the beginning of this series to the hunger key, which really is just, you know, when you consider that Binge started with, um, you know, clay-fired caps on, on top of PPT blanks, you know, you to a hunger key that that's that's a uh you know those are those are light years of distance between those two yeah and with with hunger too it's one of those it's one of those keycaps that like today stuff could seem less impressive because we have so many caps available but you got to remember that like at the time hunger came out that cap was absurd like we had seen encapsulations and stuff like that before but nothing like hunger nothing done the way hunger had did so like Looking back, the cap may not seem as impressive now, but back then it was all sorts of absurd. I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I look at them now and I'm still impressed and I have a lot of caps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I feel the same way just for just for people, though, who don't necessarily have the artisan yeah. exposure yeah, or yeah, who yeah. maybe haven't seen a hunger in person yet, which I'm yeah. sure is a decent percentage of the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, if you look at even if you look at the pictures, um, you can you can kind of get a sense for it, but I mean, just you know, in the individual teeth and stuff is just obscene. Um, but you know, and I and I think that's a testament to the fact that you know he was making it as a showcase for the you know for the for the synth, uh, which by the way, you know, uh, Joey, I don't know if you meant uh, Mike didn't mention it, but he he had a hand in that as well. Oh yeah, um, I'm the hunger works too modest, okay too modest, not too yeah, modest. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know, and I, I think. You know that's right at the cusp of the golden of the golden entering the golden age, end of the silver age, right? That was that keycap was like, kind of like 
really, you know, defi defining the next generation of what was possible, uh, you know, in terms of a culmination of all these artisan makers kind of, you know, uh, their techniques and learnings and all that coming together and culminating in the, in, in this, in the synth and, uh, you know, what that, what that made possible. And I, I think, you know, the synth perhaps had a big part in, um, really the the explosion of makers uh, in 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 the golden age which you know we maybe cover later but um yeah it was uh th this was i guess uh binge rebranded to to hungerwork studio launched his side and then um the rest is history on that on that uh maker which is still going today and now we go into early 2016 this is kind of the end of the silver age etf marcus or you know um as he goes by mamkus himself yeah mamkus himself rn jesus yeah he he uh birthed in salt as he might uh, uh describe himself uh, from from losing one too many key collective raffles uh as he as he tells the story um and and then decided to start making his own uh own uh, caps uh the first of which were the uh were the i think were the castles and the gelatinous cubes um really uh um uh, seminal uh, artisan maker and and kind of i think uh, uh, you know embl emblematic of the uh, golden age uh, yeah, I mean, his coming really changed a lot of, or his arrival on the scene really changed a lot of um, the way artisans are are considered and and done, as well as how raffles are are done. You know, to to this day, like using Google Forms, using RNG stuff, um, which he then sort of expanded into the format that eventually became Poison Summer and the modern flash sale. But in his when he first began, it was it really started. You know, I think. From the very beginning, I, I think he was um, doing things a little different than, than other makers. He, I remember his first sale, actually. Really? I entered his first sale. I won in his first sale. Um, nice. <laughs> I, wow. I remember, I, I remember seeing the like full sale pick afterwards where it's mm -hmm. like, I don't even know how many keycaps. Okay, his first sale. There were probably like a hundred some odd keycaps in this first sale alone. It was, uh, it was Bomb Kings and Fugu V1s. Um, mm -hmm. So both both wow. of them at the time were much taller than the versions of those sculpts that you would remember now. They were they were beefier, they were taller, they were kind of a little goofier looking. Um, but I think it like that that idea stemmed from I think the way Rich put it was he was birthed from salt of of losing <laughs> other raffles. So when he got into making keycaps, his first step was how can I make these high enough production that as many people can get in as possible. Let's make this as accessible to the public as I can within reason, obviously. Um, yeah. And, and with, and without like, without compromising that handmade aesthetic, right? Because, yeah. you know, b because you had, you remember you had like, um, you know, folks like uh, uh, Martin who created hotkeys project and kind of, kind of, you know, mass produced them using injection molding. But, you know, Marcus was doing, what the uh, you know what bro and 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 kudos and others were doing in terms of you know hand handmade stuff but at a volume and scale with a level of consistency and quality that had never been seen before i would agree with that statement yeah at the time at the time yeah and so you know later on that led to massive sales i remember uh, again one of my earlier earlier sales that i joined was his uh, b and barb fugus um and that was such a massive sale. I think he, he initially uh, did one in Asia where there was tons uh, sold. 
and then uh, ran it in 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 the U.S. and and uh, and Europe, um, and that was you know, um, I think it was you know for the time some of the most um, highest volume produced handmade artists. Well, and then you have stuff like Prismatic, which was just beyond absurd. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. So so you know, single handedly responsible for getting you know many many bring many many people uh into the hobby for for you know handmade resin artisans and uh the the ps flash sales uh later that he would do um also kind of you know really brought a lot of people into the hobby um love seeing the evolution of the fugu as as mike said it started out kind of like a chubby cap and uh ended up getting more and more refined over time and he he, he did a collaboration with uh, with binge on the fugtulu which was you know, even to this day, extremely popular and sought after uh, Absolutely, sculpt. Yeah. Um, Nutria, Nutri- so going back to some of his earlier stuff, Nutria, which is like this rat, uh, rat sculpt is, is really, really cool. Hard to find those now. Um, but super prolific maker, optimizes for production output. Uh, I think has a bit of an industrial background that might help or a design background that helps. Mm-hmm. Um very very uh, popular uh, maker absolutely i mean you know uh i think etf has a lot to do with the quality of his keycaps created a following and then i think he really took that following to to new heights like like an artisan up to that point had not and i think he kind of stepped up the game in a way that really did usher in you know what we're in now the golden age golden age of of uh, artisan keycaps which which i do think we're in now just because of the number of makers that are out there the quality of the caps that are easily available and the, the number of people of entering these oh, raffles yeah. yeah and the information exactly you know, these, oh yeah yeah we, we the you know um uh you the the makers that follow kind of stood in the on the on the shoulders of these early pioneers right yeah absolutely uh, and so we owe a lot to those guys and um, but yeah, the, 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 one of the characteristics of, of, Mar- uh, of uh, nightcaps is the very vivid, bright colors, right? That's one of the things that draws a lot of people to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at, you know, um, you know, when, when I look at, like, if you go to a meetup and see a bunch of artisan cases, uh, artisans around, you'll notice very quickly, your eyes will be drawn to very quickly, the bright, um, vivid colors of, of, uh, of nightcaps, uh, colorways. And not only that, using colorways and and added shots to breed life into um, into existing sculpts. For instance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I like uh, Shelthulus. They're one of my favorite of the mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. nightcap sculpts. Yeah. And there's a number of different ways that that uh, ETF Eat the Food does um, those those colorways, both where you'll have um, sort of different points on the shell colored, or sort of like three layers of kind of uh, of slush casting in or or just all different ways of doing it so that even the same sculpt can be done several different ways in order to breathe new life into it and that happens all the time with with etf sculpts uh, it's good to see him just constantly showing you something new with something that you you thought you had you had seen everything with yeah discovering new new things about a sculpt that you didn't know yeah, yeah. no it's really really uh it's great to great to uh, great maker to follow and collect and uh, yeah um, he and and you know it's it's no secret uh, or no no surprise why I mean he like like binge he spends a lot of time experimenting with different uh, 
resins and colors and dyes and things like that. Um, you know, going and searching for, you know, um, craftsmen that, that specialize in dyes that are a lot more vibrant and things like that. So mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, um, effort is reflected in his, uh, in his art. All right. So that, that leads us to a nice capstone on collecting. So both of you, uh, being very avid collectors and having close relationships with a, a lot of the makers that we've talked about so far. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to talk to both of you about sort of why do, do each of you uh, collect keycaps? Mike, maybe, maybe you want to start. Um, yeah, so this, this could be a little bit longer of an answer. But um, to start with some background, when I, when I started this hobby, I was surrounded, um, at least in the Midwest, um, and overall through the people I interacted with on Geekhack by some quite large collections. People like uh, Hoff, um, The Beast, Dustin, Exit Fire, SK Chang, um, Captain Badass. Um, and they were all very, very passionate collectors. So that sort mm-hmm. of um, washed on to, to me a bit. So e- even from starting out, I kind of always pictured my ideal collection as, as being fairy, uh, fairly large. Um However, kind of unlike those guys who all got an easier start than me early on, like I, I had no clue what I what I wanted to collect as far as artisans go. So, um, like starting out, I went through a, a whole bunch of um, phases, um, but eventually I ended up figuring out that kind of my ideal collection, especially tying into this podcast, is sort of a uh, representation of an artisan history archive with um, the caps that would normally be forgotten from archives or, or catalogs along with some of the, the classically cool stuff so stuff like you know like booper and nightcaps and and stuff like that key collective mm-hmm. i do still only collect caps that i like and plan to use so i don't i don't i, I will never buy a keycap not expecting to use it i won't buy a colorway that i have no use for um this is made a little bit easier by the fact that I have a lot of keyboards and quite a few display keyboards, so at any given time I can be using like 60 to 70 artisan blanks and maybe 20 or 25 sculpted artisans, so I'm able to, to rotate through and make sure um, everything, you know, gets some, <laughs> they all gets get some, some more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, so like, they, like, as as far as stuff like that goes to, like, and having a large collection, like, I end up weirdly attached to keycaps and maybe like the stories of, of how they got to me or whose hands they moved through like uh my uh my clack 420 knocked um which is the purple and green um with the green beam glow in the dark uh clack weed leaf um like that keycap after a, a little while after getting it i figured out that it's it's one of the it's one of the exact keycaps from one of the first pictures that really drew me into artisans because <laughs> oh, well. it's the it's it's the the exact cap that bro used to own and then it transitioned over to sypho and then went through a few other members before it ended up going to me so like that that like that's a cap that has absurd value to me beyond the actual value of the keycap just because like the path that cap took and the, the history of it is just I, I love stuff like that. Nice. Uh, Rich, how about you? Um, you know, for, for me, um, it's, 
it com this hobby combines some, you know, initially combined some things that I very much, uh, you know, enjoy, which is, you know, computers and art and miniature things. I was always, um, I used to, you know, be a, a painter of Warhammer figures and uh, collecting other all sorts of you know little things as I was growing, as I was growing up and so mm -hmm. this was a collectible hobby but it, it it was also a functional one and it and uh, um, had the element of art and so I just enjoy I really enjoy looking at the art you know and and um, um, collecting the colors and sculpts that I like and trying to complete the sets because I you know they, they look so great when it when it's uh, put together and um, I probably put too many you know, artisans on a keyboard, uh, uh, then, then, you know, then is, uh, <laughs> that is probably good. But, um, I also just like looking at them. And, um, so, you know, I, I, I go after stuff I like and I, I like supporting new artisans and new makers and I'll experiment with a lot of things. And, um, I, I also very much appreciate the fact that there's multiple disciplines involved in making it. Um, it's, it's one of those things that's, you know, looks is much harder than it looks the, the the guys that make the stuff have a lot of respect for them in terms of how much work they put in and um how little they get out of it relative re relatively speaking for the amount of hours they put into it um you know it's you know it <coughs> the the uh, ability to sculpt something good and then the ability to uh to to use casting and and um, come out with a final product that that looks good it just has so many disciplines and variables and factors involved so I really appreciate the you know the process and um, enjoy you know the the final you know looking at the final product and and uh, you know what initially was to me you know about the end product also kind of morphed into in, interacting with the community that I really really enjoyed right the trading and meeting new people and going to meetups and stuff like that and and so that that that's what I think keeps me in the hobby longer is just the element of the people in the community. Kind of going off what Rich said real quick, um, and liking keycaps artistically, but also kind of liking what goes into them. Um, so when I started this hobby, I was, I was 17, so still in high school and transitioning into majoring in engineering in college. Mm -hmm. And I had not had much like art interaction at, at all like I never I was not artistic to to any extent um but as I started collecting and learning more about artisans and like what went into them both artistically but also from a manufacturing standpoint of like how are these made like what can you do and realizing that some of the more prominent makers were simultaneously artists and chemists and scientists and kind of engineers almost like though like all those facets of artisans what really drew me in and kept me excited about like all right how how can we innovate like what what can be changed to mm -hmm. to make the idea of artisans even better than it is now great yeah yeah thank you so much for those thoughtful answers yeah so um if if y'all can think of uh of one story from your from all your time uh collecting or trading uh what would it be why don't we why don't we start with you rich Sure. Um, lots of great stories. Again, just because there's so many fantastic people in the community. Um, but I, I guess for me, um, you know, the the first uh, um, the, the the sale that really you know brought me a lot of uh, in, put me in touch with a lot of folks in the community was the um, was was ETF's Poison Summer One, which was I think 
was it summer of 2017? Is that right? Poison I summer? So. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Summer of right, 2017. Yeah. I was, um, I was on, on, on holiday in Asia and that sale launched and it was a, for those of you who weren't there or don't know, it was, um, uh, ETF started doing these micro sales of like 20 caps or 15 caps. Um, and he just did these daily sales. Like they would just get posted to Reddit and um, you'd enter it. And it was kind of first come first. Was it first come first serve or raffle? I'm trying to think. I think, I think it was raffle. first come. Oh, really? Okay. I could be wrong. I don't so remember. It, yeah, I think some were maybe. It was a little bit of a mix. No, I think yeah. it was raffle. Sorry, it was raffle. But they were very short windows. So you had to you had like a minute or two minutes to enter it. Right, so you had Very, to be yeah. there, and you had and to then, answer the trivia, didn't? And you had didn't to answer you? trivia, and then it was RNG, right? Based mm -hmm. on who, who, how many people entered correctly and answered the trivia. I think correctly. so. Yeah, so, yeah. So the, it would it would happen at all times of the day. He, you know, he was trying to do something like like clack vent, right? And um, he started doing this, and I, I was well into collecting fugus as my favorite sculpt. And he was doing this with Fugus primarily. And I was just like going crazy trying to get, you know, as many as I could. And, you know, my, you know, with the number of people that were entering, it brought so many people, new people into the hobby. At, at the peak, I think there was something like, you know, six or 700, maybe even more entrants per sale. Think about 700 people entering in the span of 120 seconds. Um, just unbelievable. And uh, I, I, somehow I got into my stupid head that I would try and collect all of the fugu from this sale, all of the index <laughs> fugu from the sale. Bless you. And I thought, Bless you, I thought sir. This, I thought this, and I, I made this decision like, you know, on day 10, right? Thinking that there was about 20 more days left. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this guy went on to make 90 days of these caps. And some of my friends, you know, told me uh, to be fair to them. And I thought they were crazy. And then at around day 50, I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have to let the dream die? Or, or did you keep trying anyway? I, I, I was so far in at that point. I just said, screw you it. Can't, I'll, yeah, I'll you try. have to commit. And, and at that point, to me, it was like, it was sort of an experiment to see if I could um, do it without making a single post on MechMarket. Um, <laughs> And just do it, you know, purely based on like relying on on help from friends and the community um, to almost prove that you could do it uh, with with just that. Not throwing, you know, you you. I had to. I had to, some of them. I had to, you know, obviously overspend, which I shouldn't have. But um, you, you couldn't do that on a sustainable basis, right? So ultimately, yeah. you had to rely on friends and 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 not being a total douche. And so. Um, yeah, I managed to do it at the end, um, thanks to the help of a lot of people, and I posted that on Reddit. And so, yeah, that that uh, that was fun. I, I really enjoyed that. That was you know meeting a lot of folks, and I, I had to you know in the pro it was it was literally hundreds and hundreds of trades, um, so I had to you know help people in the process, right, uh, of finding stuff they wanted. And so, I really enjoyed that that process. I ended up, you know you know, really appreciating the community um, even more so than, than the, the achievement of getting the uh, caps, which obviously was still great. But yeah, that was, that's my story. So I'm going to like preface this by saying, maybe if you, if you're unfamiliar with my, my geek hack avatar um, and also the avatar that ended up on my wrist rest, uh, it's, it's Kevin Smith. It's silent Bob in the first clerks movie where he's sort of just gazing off into the distance. Um, and that I'm a huge 
Kevin Smith fan. Um, so this, when I thought about answering this, this question, um, the, the first thing that popped in my head was, uh, one of my favorite Kevin Smith quotes, which is, if you're lucky, you go from being a movie fan to a movie maker. Um, and so since, uh, like 2015, I've kind of been working in the background of the artisan scene through the, the synth projects, some other projects with Hungerwork Studio, and then talking to a bunch of the artisans in the community. And so in the summer of 2017, I decided to test my artisan design skill by making a keycap um, that was uh, called Movie, who's uh, the the like character logo for a fast food chain in the Askew universe, which is the universe that all of Kevin Smith's movies take place in. And, in, and prominently featured in Clerks 2. Yes, and pro- yeah, prominently featured in Clerks Two, prominently features in uh in Dogma when uh when Matt Damon and Ben Affleck go and murder the entire board of movies. Oh, um, I had yeah, noticed so that. That's, nice. So that's okay. that's wonderful. Um, but anyways, like that was I like I decided to make a keycap because movie is something I had always wanted to see on a keycap, and nobody had made one, so I figured, hell, you know, like I could try to do this. Um, and so kind of around that time um that i was making that uh uh uh, one of my one of my longtime friends in this in this hobby kudos was um starting to uh adventure into his rebrand of gaff and through that i had the chance to design my own garbo colorway which turned into the Bluntman Garbo, and Bluntman is Silent Bob superhero alter ego in the universe. Um, so I was able to design the Bluntman colorway, and so like that, like that, that was one of the most incredible experiences I had. And continuing to build from there, what happens when you have the perfect Bluntman keycap? Well, then of course you need a Chronic keycap to match it, because Chronic is Jay's superhero alter ego jay and silent bob are always together blunt man and chronic are always together so i was like oh i need a chronic garbo and from there i started talking to key press graphics um who does he's he's based out of australia he does incredible keycap painting it's all commission based so you send him a keycap tell him what you want he paints it sends it back to you um and so i was able to commission the chronic garbo and just throughout the entire process of me building a movie, um, the Bluntman Garbo and the Chronic Garbo, I was able to interact with some incredible artists and just have so much fun designing the keycaps that I have always wanted in my collection. And to tie back to the Kevin Smith quote, going from being a movie fan to a movie maker, I went from somebody who had appreciated artisans for years to getting to the point where I was able to design exactly the artisans i wanted and that i've kind of always dreamed of and it just it will forever be one of my favorite periods of time in this hobby i think it was maybe eight months total from starting that to having all of the keycaps together but yeah it just i i still look back on that and i I don't know i I love that period of time well guys thank you so much for you know lending your expertise and your time and your patience uh for this entire series this has been this has been uh quite a learning experience for me but also quite impressive to hear 
um, both of you uh, sort of talk about these uh, these really hard to research topics or these really obscure um, makers in, in some cases and and helping me make a series that will that will sort of save this for posterity so thank you guys so much for for being on well thank you for doing this and uh, inviting inviting us uh, I, I really enjoyed it and uh, hopefully the listeners get some some entertainment value out of it <laughs> yeah and and by all means this is not meant to be exhaustive we can't cover everyone but uh we want to give listeners at least an idea of, of what what came before how we got here so um by all means if you're listening to this um you know feel free to to make your own uh, oral histories so that we can keep this uh this history alive or feel free to if you have any questions. I don't I don't know about Rich, but I'm I'm pretty accessible as far as PMs go. If you wanna if you have artisan history questions or anything weird like that, like if we mentioned something previously, either in this version or either of the other two podcasts, that you know, you can use as a jumping off point to start exploring but you need a little help, let us know. Yeah, likewise. Anytime, I'm uh, pretty accessible to Armendis on pretty much all the platforms, both Slacks, Discord, uh, GeekHack, Reddit, and uh, r.mendis on Instagram. All right. Thank you all so much.